Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! The baseball season is way too long. The game is way too slow. It's so boring to watch. Shut up! Get your peanuts, cracker jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Swing and a long drive, deep to right. Covering all things baseball. Going, going. The big leagues. Going, going. And the MLB to Portland. Goodbye. He has done it. He has changed the game of the night with one swing of his bats. Now. Here are your hosts, Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch on 1080. Bang! Zoom! Go the fireworks! The Fan. Welcome in to the Hot Corner. For it must be a Wednesday, it's nice to be back. Hello, everybody. It's the hot corner after dark now. No, it's not. <laughs> At all. It's actually still perfectly sunny and beautiful out. It's been a two-week hiatus for us. Yeah, I know, and I feel stupid. We stu- back. I know I feel stupid, too. I'm wearing jeans right now. Why? I, I, I don't know, because I woke up this morning. It was a little overcast, and I said, oh, it's going to be high in the 60s, and uh, I'll just wear jeans. Take a gander at the uh, weekly forecast coming up. I think you might be able to retire the jeans for good. Well, I just came from a place in which it was wet all day, every day. So I guess I'm like still siding on the because uh, today was a high of caution of 77. That is not what my telephono told me this morning. Today or tomorrow is a high of 77, 81, 79, 78, 75, 75, 78, 73, 70. I think you're good to to put the jeans away. <laughs> Joe just keeps dancing in the studio. Well, Joe he just, just returned from Hawaii where he didn't have to wear jeans. Yeah. And now little Joe is dancing I, in I the studio. I got everything planned out pretty perfectly weather-wise over the last two weeks, and now it's just jumping right into this uh, mid-70s, high-70s. It's great timing, great timing for me. Well, I don't like anybody, so I'll be the, down- <laughs> the Debbie Downer. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Well, I think a lot of it is just that I have, like, so much laundry to do at home and <laughs> that'll make you hate the world real quick i'm yeah. so sorry and i put on these jeans today because they're kind of dirty but they survived because i was thinking to myself well so oh, those be, jeans went on the trip with you it's not gonna be that one yeah but i didn't wear them until the last day hmm. um but i thought it wasn't gonna be that hot today yeah i'm just i'm just a negative grump now all right you're off your you're off your camping and rafting trip, and now you're all grumpy. Yeah, yeah. Back yeah. to work. Wah, wah. <laughs> I pulled a long day yesterday and a long day today, and now well, I'm here with you guys. Well, you took like a week off, dude. Of course you're going to pull long days. I know, but this is like the – it's one of my f- absolute favorite 
favorite trips of all time, but it, it's a lot of work. So there's not a whole ton of time of relaxing. So it's still trying to pull myself together. You realize uh, you cho- you choose this trip, right? I do realize. Yeah, this, and yeah. I saw the videos that you posted of um, you and your friends on the raft there on the river. And the first video, it's like, oh, that's nice. Oh, nice solid waves there. <laughs> you guys go crashing <laughs> into this like wall of water. One of your buddies, you almost lose him. Yeah. But that was right there where I was like, why? Why would you go and do such a so thing? So these on are really vacation? high level rapids you're doing, huh? Yeah, they're not for the kids. Mm. Yeah. Sounds challenging. Yeah. Yeah, my body's a little sore. No, Mike, I'm telling you, you should go. Well, you don't have Instagram. I can so still look at someone's Instagram. No, no, you can't. No, you can't. No, I blocked it from you forever. No. no. I blocked any computer that Mike Lynch <laughs> might possibly use. Sorry. I just don't take pictures. Everyone's like, Mike, get an Instagram. I, like, I don't take pictures. What do you, you want from You me? don't have to post, Mike. Just creep. Oh, great. That's, that go. makes it even better. <laughs> Well, I mean, like, <laughs> just post picture of like Yankee players every like week or something like oh, that. That's even worse, <laughs> Mike. Why don't you ever post pictures of yourself? Who are you? Well, uh, today I'm D.D. Gregorius. You know, just different pictures of Yankee players and like different uh, pictures of the Syracuse S, like the logo. Just be like a super fan on there. No <laughs> pictures of family or anything like that. You know, one could argue that Twitter's not that much different. You like. Right, following but- like a bunch of people that really don't care who you are and you're just scrolling through and looking at other people's stuff yeah but i partake in that because it's not pictures because i type in little things here and there well, mike, little nuggets for people mike pictures are worth a thousand words you're only getting 140 characters on twitter all right yeah, it's more than that now was it two? Oh yeah 280. 280 that's right they doubled it oh we'll, we'll still- man as awesome as this social media conversation is i'd like to move on from it <laughs> You are the host. You have that control. I suppose that's true. I didn't think this out very far. <laughs> uh, anyway, it is it is very quite nice to be back. Is that a term? Very that's, quite that's nice. That's not correct, but I'll, I like it. We'll go with it. Very quite nice. That's, yeah, a, very, we were, that's a suitcase right there. Yeah, we were gone for two weeks. Uh, but All uh, three of us went on vacation at the exact same time. Hey, that's nice. That's nice. I'm excited for that. There's really good stuff. Thanks, Bill. Um, I, I'm already exhausted. How do you guys feel now that you're back? Uh, I'm already exhausted too. Yeah. 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 Well, I, uh, came back, got myself kind of sort of adjusted and then jumped right into covering for Dusty and Cam on Tuesday and slackers today after Memorial Day weekend and everything. So I was ready. I was adjusted back, ready to go. And then I, then you got morning shifts. (laughs) Yeah. And then I was like, (laughs) what did I do to myself? So I need another week, I think, to get ready. Yeah, yeah, but I was in Turks and Caicos. Joe was in Hawaii, and Patrick was in Idaho. Utaho. <laughs> I call it Utaho. Um, yeah, Idaho's great, man. Idaho's cool. Rained every day, you said, right? Yeah, it rained a lot. <laughs> I like the rain. Don't worry, it rained every day in Turks and Caicos, too. You weren't missing in. Well, you were missing plenty, but it's better than the rain this, was there. It's better than this crappy weather we got here in Portland. Am I right? Am I right? No. Uh, I like it when it rains. This is beautiful, though. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I'm just glad that I got back and I was afraid that everything was going to be an absolute disaster as I'm just, like, pessimistic about that. And everything's okay. That's good. Yeah, we're doing all right. My house, on the other hand, is an absolute disaster. Well, because I got home yet on Sunday, Monday, excuse me, from a 10-plus-hour drive. There was an accident outside of Multnomah Falls, 
So I'd already driven eight and a half hours, had a half hour more to go, and stood in traffic for an hour because there was an accident outside of Multnomah Falls on 84, which sucked really bad. So by the time I got home, I just threw everything out of my truck into my house and then, like, slept for two days. <laughs> and then so I your woke, house is just a mess. Yeah, yesterday I woke up and was like, oh, crap, I can't do anything about this. I got to go to work. And then I got home and I was like, oh, man, I'm so exhausted. I'm going to bed. I'll do this in the morning. Then I woke up this morning and was like, oh, crap, I got to go to work. And now it's just like sitting at home waiting for me. <laughs> it's like, yo, The dude. cycle's not going to end until yeah. this weekend. But it's the like, problem this weekend is you've got Champions League final on Saturday yep. and the Timbers home opener, which I'm assuming you're going to, yep. on Saturday. Yep. You're not getting this stuff done for over a week. And guess what my Sunday is? Um, Work? No, dude. Sunday's my birthday, so I ain't oh. doing nothing. <laughs> well, there you go. Happy I'm just get, get, get you drunk. Get, get, get you drunk <laughs> on a Sunday. It's the Lord's Day, man. It's lit. It's lit. I like that. That's what I'm planning on doing. Yeah, man. So, like, my house is just going to be a disaster for a few days now. Yeah, it's gonna it's that's gonna last for about a week or so. Oh, I hope not. I really have to do laundry. Like I got it started at some point. Yeah, but you're gonna go home tonight, and it's gonna be nine thirty or ten or ten thirty. You're gonna be like, I'm exhausted. I'm going to sleep. Yeah, I'm pretty spent. I had to go to work today and drink beer. It was really rough. Mm, tough life you live. But we're okay. Speaking of that, beers on us was chugging along while we were gone, and a new episode will drop tomorrow as we dive into another region. Right? Is that what we're doing here? I guess region, region or location or state or homeboy goes to a cool place. Uh, the first uh, instance in which our the fantastic producer of the hot corner will sneak in. Joe Fish will join us as our roving beer reporter. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which at did you, first did you bring us gifts? Uh, I did not. No, because you can't bring liquids or anything like that. Well, if you area. checked your bag, you could have. Well, I'm not checking my bag, Mike. I'm not sorry. <laughs> not paying that thirty bucks. Not happening. But um, I have uh, some stickers. Some airlines have free checked. I have stickers. Does anybody want stickers? I'll take uh, a sticker. Everybody loves stickers. Um, but also we- have a good interview with uh, the owner of Big Island Brew House, Tom cool. Kearns, who also has uh, has some Northwest roots here in Portland. So he's go. got a cool background, and uh, yeah, I'll report on the scene and everything that I uh, took in there. The beers I tried. It was a great time. So I just, I just, can we tell the story about how we got you into the Maui Brewing Festival? Yeah, I think we can share that definitely right, on the cool. podcast for cool. sure. So you'll definitely have to check that out. That'll drop tomorrow around 4 p.m. as they always do. You can find those on all of the podcast places that you're looking for. Oakley Doakley, let's get into the hot corner for today. A lot of stuff to get to as we've been off for a couple weeks. I want to get into uh, the S show that is the New York Mets Uh, One guy may be done forever. There's also a manager who is making things easy on the young whippersnappers and making sure they're not sad. We'll get into that as well. Also, we have fair or foul at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour, as we always do. That's always a good time. Maybe a little Adley Rutschman talk, too. Uh, Drafts on Monday. Who's that? Uh, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Just some guy. Some guy? No, I'm serious. Who is that? Went to the high school Joe went to. Yeah. Who's base, he play for? Plays baseball for Oregon State. Oregon State? Do they still use metal bats? Yeah. And I don't care. Uh, <laughs> and then when we, uh, you, if you're uh, interested, and you can sheesh. text in the Better You Today text Well, on Monday, he's going to be drafted in the, the league that doesn't use metal bats. Cool. Call me in three years. 
Uh, if you want to interact with us on the show today, you can get in the Better You Today text line. That is 55305. You can also find us on social media. I am on Instagram at PDD085. You can find Mike on Twitter at Mike Lynch. 27 and our fantastic producer mr joe fisher on twitter as well at joe fish three that's f-i-s-c-h harass us we love it every you time guys i look are giving over, me such dirty looks about this every time i look over joe has another name tag on <laughs> no i like that He's, his son is putting name tags well, this on is him. an age tag now it says oh. 27 years old there you go just to let everyone know <laughs> you guys gave me such dirty looks well, I mean, there's a difference between not talking college baseball because of metal bats and, you know, the surefire number one pick in the MLB draft who's being compared to Bryce Harper as a prospect. Cool, dude. Dustin Ackley went number two. Do I care? Just saying. It's local. Oregon State. Grew up in Sherwood. Do they play with metal bats? Yes. And I don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell Give you guys. Give me one MLB player that did not play with metal bats at one point in his college, high school, Albert Pujols, Miguel Cabrera, Francisco Lindor, Javier Baez. Shall I continue? Anyone who didn't play in the U.S. is basically his point. Correct. Bryce Harper. Mike Trout. Bryce Harper definitely used a metal bat in high school. Yeah. Oh, well, whatever. So did Mike Trout. Whatever. This is my point. Well, I still don't care. Why don't you go play real baseball instead of playing fake baseball? I think that's the point. He's about to go play real baseball. So why didn't he just leave high school and go play real baseball? Because he was drafted in the 40th round by the Mariners, not the number one overall pick by the Baltimore Orioles. This is so dumb. I thought the Royals were going to take him. No. They're, they're number two. No. no. This is how much I care. Okay, when we come back, uh, a, a baseball great, a legend, something like that, a guy who will go down in history, passed away over the weekend, and it shines some light and some stuff that Mike and I kind of want to get into. We'll do that next. This is the Hot Corner on 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven eighteen here on Portland Sports Leader. Feeling a little more refreshed. I drank some water. Melon? Yeah, we can do this. We can do this, guys. I feel great. You know? We'll lead the way. Well, it's our first show back in two weeks. Lead the way, Captain. Yeah, and despite the fact that I work 45 to 50 hours a week in my other job, you know, I'm really refreshed and ready to do this one. (laughs) It's great. Let's do it. You guys ready? Lead the way, Captain. You ready? Let's do it. I guess in my... Baseball! Baseball. In my retort of the metal bat thing, I would just quickly like to say that I think when you graduate high school is when it's time to let the metal bat go. Okay? Okay. If you're going to play metal bats in high school, go for it. But if we're in college, if we're in the minors, I think it's time to set us up for real baseball. I wouldn't mind switching college to wood bats. If but college baseball switched to wood bats, I would watch Pac-12 baseball all day, every day. It is it All just, day, every day. It is the system we have. But it's a stupid system. All right. Okay. Over the weekend, um, I don't know whether I don't know whether to call this man a legend, a great, a da da da. da. I don't know what what the kind of level you put on it. But over the weekend, uh, Red Sox, Dodgers. Who else? I'm missing some other teams. Red Sox, Dodgers. But anyway, more more famously known for his time in Boston, Bill Buckner passed away at the age of 69. 
uh, due to a battle with uh, a crazy form of dementia that he was dealing with, uh, which kind of, you know, you always think about these guys and these people that have their imprints on Major League Baseball history. Uh, a fun thing you and I were talking about, Mike, over the break is, like, Buckner was a pretty, pretty dang good baseball player. Yeah, all Bill Buckner is remembered for is the error. Right. In the 86 World Series game six, six in the ninth inning. And it's an iconic play. And sadly, it's the only thing he's remembered for. I saw tweets yesterday of people saying, like, thank you. Mets fans were, thank you, Bill Buckner. The only thing I'll remember is your biggest or your worst moment of your career kind of thing, which right. felt a little bit wrong on the day yeah. of his death. But, I mean, I guess that's a sport. little bit wrong. <laughs> well, I guess that's sports for you, right? I mean, if that's your memory, that's your memory. I, it is what it is. But he was a way better player. And also, if you think about it, th that's not the reason they lost that World Series. No, no, no. It, no, no. it contributed to them losing game six, but the game was already tied. And it they had to play game seven, too. Well, I think that's that's kind of the, the 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 larger conversation that I, at least you know, as a person like myself, I can only speak for myself. I love the history of baseball. I I love the aspect of you know the legends and and the the urban myths and things like that. I get I get off on that kind of stuff, and I think Buckner always will remind you to know that these moments are just moments. There are very few moments in Major League Baseball in which someone making a mistake has truly ended the whole shebang. Everyone's had a chance. And I always felt this way about one story, which we'll get into it's in into in a second. And, you know, the 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 continuous talk about Buckner and all that stuff that went down as the man passed away just reminds me that look and know your history. Okay, if you're a diehard Chicago Cubs fan, Bartman did not cost you a World Series. Okay, Alex Gonzalez cost you a World Series. Okay, that bullpen giving up hits cost you a World Series. Yeah, it, Gonzalez committed the error, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, I think he committed an error like the next play. Easy be, ground ball. Easy routine. Like he didn't even move at shortstop and he made the error. But because Moises Alou threw a fit at a ball he was never going to catch. That's that's the guy you're going to blame on? That's debatable. He could have caught that Stop. ball. Stop. Go back and look at it. He's not catching that. Old man Moises Alou is not supermanning that hoe. You know, he's not getting into the stadium and grabbing that ball. Okay. Thank, thank you, soldier boy. <laughs> <laughs> he's not getting in there. Okay. And it's like, you know, I was talking about this earlier. Carlton Fisk hits that home run in game six of the 75, uh, 76 World Series. And. Everyone thinks, you know, he does the wave, and it's it's a home run. And he's clapping, and he's rounding the bases, and people are like, oh, the Red Sox must have won the World Series. No, they got blown out in Game 7 by Cincinnati because the big red machine was that big. Let's just remember that there are these things that we shouldn't necessarily put on these guys. You were looking at Bill Buckner's stats. They're the, good. The man, the man never struck out three times in a game. Most strikeouts he ever had in a season was... Uh, 39 never in 1984. Had, never had 40 strikeouts in a season. Joey Joey Gallo has 80 right now. He 80, had, and we're 60 games in. He's a career 289 hitter, so according to Patrick, he is, he's all right. He's all right, yeah. But he has 174 home runs, and he was just a solid player. Now, the problem is, I think, for Bill Buckner is the year of the error was 86, and he only played basically one full season after that. He played 
87, he played 132 games, so he missed 30 with two different teams. 88, he only played 108 games, and then he played 79 and 22 and then retired. So one of the last lasting images you have of Bill Buckner is the error yeah. in the World Series of his second or third to last year in the league. If he had gone on, I mean, he had already been in the league by that time for like 17 years, but if that had happened earlier in his career, you could have forgotten that if he had continued to be a good player, but it was kind of at the end. And it was also the Red Sox, and they hadn't won a World Series in forever, so that added to the stigma of it. I mean, Clemens was on that team, so I'm good. I don't, I, I don't necessarily hate that he's remembered for that play. I think it's easy when someone passes away to look back and, and try to be nicer and try to lift that person up as much as you can. And that, I understand why, and that's fine. And I do it to everybody too. But I don't think it's wrong to say Bill Buckner should still be remembered for that play because it's one of the most iconic plays in the 80s. Right, but, baseball. Should, but I guess what I'm saying is that we shouldn't just bail on the man. No, no, no. I'm also, just saying that is Bill Buckner is the error. He is the error. And as much as that, that sucks, classic there Vin is, Scully call. there's more to him, and he's a good player, and he, he his career ended shortly after that, and he played for 22 years in baseball. That's crazy. 22 And he years. never struck out. More than 40 times in a year. He's he is That's known insane. for the error, and that I think uh, hopefully he's accepted it by this point. And well, Red Sox Nation has been pretty good to him, you know, since they started winning World Series and becoming right. the most insufferable fans in all of baseball. They eventually forgave him. Um, I just – I. I, I I think it's – I just want to use this opportunity as I play Peacekeeper to remind people that it's not always – it's not always – it's great to recognize people that are a part of baseball history, and let's not bury them for it. Okay? Okay. I'm a happy guy. Are you a happy guy? Sometimes. Yeah. I, I, heard, <laughs> I heard this interesting thing also – uh, in terms of like context and stuff like that, I listened to an interview with Tim Kirkshin talking about it, and he said that uh, Buckner would normally be pulled in the eighth inning, seventh or eighth inning, as a def- for a defensive replacement because they knew he wasn't the best in the field. Yeah, but uh, manager, I don't uh, the manager of the Red Sox at the time. I, I apologize for not remembering his name. Uh, decided to leave How him in you. there. Decided to leave him in there because he wanted him to be in there when they won the game. It was John McNamara. There you go. Wanted him to be in there when they won the game. Mm. Well, whoops. Whoopsies. And who did they lose to in that World Series? The New York Mets. The Mets. Oh, they were also winning. They were up in the sixth inning in game seven. The The Red Red Sox Sox were? Yeah, they were up in the sixth inning. So there you go. They blew another game. Yeah. So, yeah. It was the Red Sox. Before they started winning, that was what the Red Sox did. They yeah, sucked. That, that's what they did. They yeah. sucked. But none of you guys know that because you're just like, oh, Boston, ooh, oh, let's do this. You know, we're we're a city of champions. And it's like, eh, They kind of are. Like, eh, well, like, don't At give me that. At this point, they've won enough titles to make up for all their yeah, woes yeah, in the but, press. Yeah, but don't give me that Red Sox garbage, okay? You're late to the party. You're su- the, the the Patriots had three titles before you showed up. Okay? I still love cheering, or I did love cheering, 1918. <laughs> Every time we played the Red Sox in yeah. the stadium, I would cheer that. I do, Not in my living room, although. I do remember Maybe 04. I did that once, too. I, I do remember 04. 04 was really fun. I had a really great time. I was really excited to watch them win. Uh, if I knew then what oh, I know oh, now, yeah. um, I would have rooted fiercely against them. 
fiercely against You would have rooted for the Yankees? Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. I root for the Yankees over the Red Sox right now. Well, that's because you know me, and I'm not a jerk Yankee fan most of the time. No, it's just Red Sox fans are that brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Yankee fans actually have something to brag about. You know, True. consistency. Yeah. Not this Johnny come lately. Hey, you sold Babe Ruth. Not my fault. <laughs> it's your own damn problem. Yeah, we'll, we'll take them. <laughs> Don't worry about me. Uh, speaking of the New York Mets, when we come back, I want to dive into that dumpster fire and try to figure out where did this all go wrong. I think I think it's really obvious if you watched the beginning of the season, you saw the offseason moves, you see what the, where the Mets are. Uh, I really want to know where this goes wrong and, and who this is to blame. And if you have your ideas, please, better you today, text line 55305. Hit us up on that. We'll dive into the New York Mets next. But first, there's my man Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Heated battle in Stanley Cup Finals Game 2, Boston, St. Louis, tied 2-2. Woo! Woo! I'm sorry. <laughs> I love the NHL. I love my Devils. I have not watched a lick of Stanley Cup playoffs this year. I don't know why. I will oftentimes watch it, but I just don't care. I don't care. Maybe it's the Boston factor. I just don't want them to win. Um, I think it's a secret thing that nobody wants to admit in sports, that everybody loves the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Stanley Cup finals, which is you know encompasses all of the playoffs. And... Uh, Nobody actually really watches or really cares. They just want to act like they're great sports fans and love this. Uh, I'm not lying. I love the NHL. I really do. But I think for me, my my love of the sport is truly tied to my team being good. And my team was really bad this year. I don't have a team. So I, I stopped watching about two months into the season, although my team has the number one pick in the draft, hey which is very exciting. Um, Do they play with metal sticks in college hockey? No, they don't. Oh, wow. Really? So they're like setting up to play in the NHL? Should we talk about the overall draft picks in the uh, NHL draft coming up? And there's a guy who is the number one projected pick who is compared to some of the best top picks in recent memory. I feel like every year we got like an awesome all-time dude. Oh, yeah, but last the last time the Devils had the number one pick two years ago. Um, (laughs) Whoops. Nico Heischer was number one, and he's good, but there was nobody that draft that everyone was like, this is the guy. This year, there's this is the guy, which is very exciting. Wasn't there a dude, like, I feel like his name was, like, Connor McDavid. There you go. He's on Edmonton now, yeah. Oh, nice. You see? See? Don't even watch hockey. Still know some dudes. You said his name was Connor. Well, I know. I knew who we were talking about. Would you have guessed what team he was on? I would have guessed Canada. And that's a real real thing. Don't look at me with that look. Well, I mean, that's just... What? There's not like 35 Canada teams, so I get away with no, it. No, but there's I was like, like his seven name is Connor, and I think he was a Canadian team. <laughs> okay. Bam. All right. All right. Uh, we were talking in the last segment about uh, the Red Sox losing to the Mets in the 86 World Series, and that's uh, very far away from where they are right now. Would you say so? <laughs> yeah, that is quite far, uh, although it is the Mets today are the Mets that we have come to know and love. Unless and, you're a Mets fan. And what's really interesting about this come to love and hate at the same time. is that there are plenty of teams doing worse than the Mets. Plenty. I'm looking at even their own division. 
The Nationals are five games behind them. They're a dumpster fire. The Marlins are terrible. The Mets have a better record than the Cardinals, the Reds, the Rockies. You got some the guy Giants, named Pete Alonso is hitting really well. The Mariners, the Angels, the Rangers, the Royals, the White Sox, the Tigers, the Orioles, Toronto. Yet for some reason, the Mets seem like the most dysfunctional team in Major League Baseball. It would appear that way, at least after we read the article that we did. What was that last week now? In in recent days, I don't even know where to start with this team. I've been thinking about we've been we've been off for the last couple of weeks, and it was like, okay, we got time. There's something I really want to dive into. There's got to be something I really want to get to, and I really want to get into this Mets topic. And I want to start probably with the reason why I want to get into it is because I do have some ties to the Mets. Yeah, as an Indians fan, when the Mets hired Mickey Callaway mm. to be their manager, I thought. That's a damn good hire. Great pitching coach. Great pitching coach. Syndergaard, DeGrom, Wheeler coming off the DL. Steven Matz needs one little uh to get him through. Mickey Calloway's my guy. And they're ready to run him out of town. Whoa, and this year DeGrom and Syndergaard both kind of suck. Easy. Easy. Syndergaard sucks. Yeah, yeah, he kind of sucks. <laughs> DeGrom's not having that great of a year. No. But he's still good. Uh, and so I started trying to like trying to dive into it. And I listen, you know, I listen to podcasts and I read articles and I'm trying to figure this thing out. And where it all boils down with the Mets is I think upper management and and ownership are not, they don't watch baseball. They don't see what other people are doing. They invested in so many people that are over the age of 30. And thought that this is what we're going to do. This is like the Yankees of the mid-2000s. Well, they have a new GM. And he basically said when he came in that we're going to win now. Which yeah. everyone looked at and went, You're what? crazy. You should be trying to get good draft picks because your team is nowhere near ready to win now. Right. He's like, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Trade away prospects. Get in great old players. Although Edwin Diaz is a great young player. Uh, and he actually has been good for them, by the way. So. That's a, that's a plus from one of their trades this this offseason. But uh, the guy they traded to the Mariners, Kalenic, is apparently raking in the minor leagues. So Perfect. Robbie Cano, meanwhile, is, is old. Not running out, you know, ground balls. Sugar Diaz doing all right. That's why I said Edwin Diaz has actually been worth yeah. it. Yeah. He's been good. Yeah, but you know closers in their, you know, 15-year shelf life. Right. And in, in a year, he might be awful. Uh, and so I don't know. I don't know where you go with this team. I mean, there's there's the report of the Ioannis Cespedes incident in which he hurt himself on his farm. On his ranch. He broke his ankle broke his supposedly ankle, by falling into a hole. Ankles. Like nobody knows if it's <laughs> one or two. And the GM doesn't know the actual language of his contract in which they might be able to buy them out despite he is was the former agent of Ioannis Cespedes when they signed that deal. This thing is just, I, 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 I can't write it. These guys are terrible. And if they're going to sit here in this mediocrity, bye-bye Jacob deGrom, bye-bye Noah Syndergaard, and do I have to sit here and watch Pete Alonso waste his life in New York on bad teams? Because that's going to make me sad. Because right now, of all the young kids in baseball right now, Pete Alonso might be my guy. Wow. He's good. I love him. I just wanted to read you two paragraphs from the article that was written by Jeff Passan on the Mets. I love Jeff Passan. It starts with owner Fred Wilpon and his son and chief operating officer, Jeff. My name is Jeff. 
<laughs> the hub of Hi. everything Mets related. My name is Jeff. Ownership did not give the new GM, Brody Van Wagenen, the ability to hire his own manager, lame ducking incumbent Mickey Calloway before the 2019 season even began. Ownership does not take the tens of millions of dollars collected via insurance money from Cespedes's and David Wright's injuries and reinvest it in the major league payroll. Ownership for years has fomented organizational instability and what to other franchises might register as tiny cracks in the foundation field of the Mets like canyon-sized fissures. And so there are days like Monday when the Mets played arsonist and fire departments simultaneously. Van Wagenen did his best to downplay the absurdity of all, treating Cespedes' injury with understandable gravity and giving Callaway a vote of confidence following the Mets managing three hits in two games over the weekend against the Marlins. The Marlins. It was a tepid vote, one without conditions. The sort one offers to buy time for some proper replacement back channeling. And that was just the like third and fourth paragraph of a long article explaining why the Mets are a dumpster fire. I had read that Sunday they got done with their three-game series in which they were swept by the Marlins in Miami. And in those last two games, they got two and one hit. And everybody and every all the beat writers were on Twitter, and they were being asked, is Mickey Calloway going to get fired? And their answer was, not today, but we don't know about tomorrow. And that is absolutely ridiculous. Mickey Calloway, obviously I'm biased as an Indians fan. I'll throw that out there right now. Who's a pitching coach for the Indians for many, many years under Terry Francona. Big reason why we got to the World Series. So I am partial to him. However, there are a lot of people in baseball that say this guy has what it takes to be a major league manager. And the Mets are just wasting him away. There's no vote of confidence because it sounds like there's a complete disconnect that nobody knows what's going on. Who's in charge of this carousel? Well, I do think that might be a little bit of your bias because I thought the Dave Martinez hire for the Nationals was really good, and I wouldn't say the same thing about him. He he does not he is not fit for managing. That team looks bad. Yes. In the last two years, that team has looked not great under him. I, maybe Mickey Calloway is not fit for managing. Now, I know – the Mets yeah, you could be. You could totally be right, but it could be that could be true. I think most of the problem starts with the ownership group. Uh, people and Mets fans particularly have lamented the Wilpons for a very, very long time. Another note from this year is they hired their new GM because he sold them on his aggressive plan of building, not rebuilding, and then traded away top prospects for Diaz and Cano. And then they spent some money in free agency. And, and they then, locked down DeGrom. Now, I love DeGrom, and I'm glad they did, but he is, you know, he's my age. They, But then they stopped. They still had holes, and they didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So they, they got the trades. They signed, like, Jed Lowry, which wound up being a mistake, and they re-signed Jacob DeGrom, and there's a couple other moves in there. Um, the, the weird thing is the Mets are not, and this is the big part of this article, the Mets are not recouping money. They have insurance that recoups 75% of Wright's and Cespedes' salaries if disabled because of injury. Wright is essentially retired. Cespedes underwent surgery on both his heels last year, and as we know, just broke his ankles out for the year. Between them, the Mets could collect upward of $33 million in insurance money, but they're not. I don't know why. Uh, is it because their GM brokered that deal because he was the former agent of Ioannis Cespedes and brokered that deal with the New York Mets at the time? Could be. Does he lose money doing that? Could. Um, although that seems like a big conflict of interest, but he's there. He's their GM. It's like Rob Palinka in LA, you know, it's like Rob Palinka is a, a, an agent and now he's the GM. I mean, the Mets are in the same situation and they got a guy who should owe them money, but the GM, the guy who pulls that trigger is the guy who signed the deal. That's it's an absolute disaster. I mean, 
In some ways, it's a little bit funny to watch unless you're a Mets fan. Oh, for if I'm a Mets fan, I, I'm so sorry, guys. But this is everything that's bad about sports ownership. You have owners that don't know what they're doing and mismanage their money. Um, and weren't they tied to the Bernie Madoff stuff, too? They so have, they, well, they've been the owners of the Mets for at least right, right, right. 20 years. But what, didn't they lose a bunch of their money when they found out the Bernie Madoff yeah. was running a pyramid scheme? Yeah. Um, so they're they're not good owners, and they have not been good owners for a very long time. They're hiring GMs because he's all glitz and glam and talks about aggre- being aggressive and not doing the smart thing, which currently in baseball is rebuilding. God, could you imagine rebuilding around Pete Alonzo? Right, and Conforto even, and Jeff oh, yeah. McNeil. That's and true, Conforto, yeah. If they kept Kalenic instead of trading him to uh-huh, the Mariners, uh-huh. he'd be coming up this year or you next d- year. You deal DeGrom. You probably, probably keep Syndergaard because he's younger. You deal DeGrom. Yeah. And you get, after a Cy Young year, oh, my God, dude. You just, but nope, nope. We're going to trade our dude for Robbie Cano. I mean, it, as we've talked won't about. hustle out of ground ball. As we've talked about on the show bajillion times, you need to rebuild to succeed in baseball, right? Well, you don't need to, but it's worked. We've, we've seen that it's worked. It's worked if you do it right. I've got a great idea. Okay, David Wright has been our third baseman forever. Yeah. And he can't stay healthy and he can't get on the field. His back is forever injured. His back is forever injured. Let's send him off and ride him into the sunset as a Met legend. And we'll replace him, get this, with Todd Frazier. It'll totally work. <laughs> We're totally going to the World Series. Yeah. I can see it now. World Series are bust. Todd Frazier? Sleeper Vegas pick for World Series MVP. Mm. We'll see how it goes. I mean, the Mets are 27. They're at 500 right now. They're not a bad team. They're not a bad team. It's just for what they did, all the noise. It, it's, it's, are they not stuck in no man's land? They're 100% in no man's land. Because the Braves are better and the, um, oh, my God, Phillies are better. Phillies. There you go. That's the other team I was thinking of. Those two teams are better. So if they make the... They make a playoff run. They got to deal with those two. Mm-hmm. They got to deal with a deep NL Central with the wild card race there. Yep. I mean, the NLS is kind of a train wreck right now. But, uh, you know, you got to deal with other teams. You're not just waltzing into the playoffs. So you're kind of in no man's land where you're not getting better, but you're also saddling yourself with big contracts for no reason. Yeah, so that'll be interesting. We'll keep it up. Although I just got an idea. I think next week we should spend maybe the whole entire show talking about all the young kids in baseball. Okay. And just who we like the most. Spoiler alert, I love Pete Alonso. I can tell. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Big fan of Pete Alonso. Uh, so we'll do I that. like Glaber Torres. I'm partial to Glaber. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, really? Well, I, I I really love Tyler Naquin. I'm joking. I don't. I really, <laughs> I really hate Tyler He was a Naquin. young kid like five years ago. Yeah, I liked Clint Frazier and Justice Sheffield for a while. I like Clint Frazier, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, when we come back, there's a man that might be done Forever in Major League Baseball. And Mike, you and I watched this guy for his entire career. Uh, and we'll see if he does, in fact, hang it up. We'll get to that next. This is the Hot Corner on Portland Sports Leader 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven fifty one here. Blues Bruins going into overtime. If you like that hockey, they play with wood sticks. Very very important. Patrick very. Patrick likes wood. I like wood. Wood is good. Big wood, short wood, thick wood, skinny wood. 
Whatever you got it. All the colors of the rainbow. We like it all. Hmm. All it's the hard flavors. to get down the throat. You like blue wood too? Heard that can be kind of painful. That even made me uncomfortable. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. That's our fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher. Who doesn't like a good rubby action? That's right. De La Rosa, you're still my boy. Um, Dustin Bedroya came out over the weekend in some really interesting comments. I'm really surprised at how candid he was in these comments because they literally point to only one thing he can do, yet he refuses to acknowledge that that is what he's going to do. And he has basically come out and said that his knee is so messed up that he that there is no more surgery. He doesn't want to have any more surgeries on it. And he has tried all these rehabs and all these other opinions and all these things, and his knee just can't stay healthy enough to, quote, play every single day. Yet he's not retiring. So the Red Sox have placed him on the 60-day DL. That's weird. Why, why not just retire? I, I think because... He's always been kind of that gritty, like, yeah. lunch pail, yep. he work is, hard player. I am five foot nine. He's and, not going to give up. Yeah. Uh, and I am going to play baseball. Dustin, you've played nine games in the last two years combined. It's pretty rough. You're, you're done. You've um, had three hits in 34 at-bats in your last two seasons. You're done, Dustin. He is also a four-time Gold Glove winner, a rookie of the year, rookie of the year MVP winner, an MVP, a two-time two-time World Series champion. Yep. Champion. Uh, in 2013, he was the Wilson Overall Defensive Player of the Year in the entire American League. Uh, he is an All-Star. Blah blah blah. All this stuff, and he might. I, I don't see how he plays. I think he's got to hang it up. He has to. He absolutely has to because I'm, I'm telling you, those stats aren't lying. He's coming back healthy, or maybe I, I can't remember 2018. Was that the first three games of the year and then he got hurt? I can't remember because the the thing about this injury is it happened in the Manny Machado slide, the one that created all that all of that tension between the Orioles and the Red Sox when Machado was still an Oriole. He slid in hard and high on Pedroia and took him out yep. and really badly injured his knee, and that's why they threw at him every single time they saw him the next two years. So I can't remember what year that was last year. He oh, played this will be great. 2018. He played a few uh, games to start the year, uh, about five or six. Well, and I then, guess he's technically a three time. And then 2017, he played um, only, excuse me. Let me take a look here. 2019. He played six. 2018. He played three. Correct. Yes. And it was in May, mid May. That's when he played those three. Yep. That was the only three games he played in. So 2018. He, had, he was still injured after the, the Manny slide. So the Manny slide must have happened in 2017. Yeah. Because he only played 105 games that year. So it must have been later in the season. He missed the rest of the year. Tries to come back from it. Plays three games. Re-injures it. This year, tries to come back from it. Plays six games. I remember watching one of those games. He was limping at second base. Could barely stand. Like, he was trying to go get balls. I'm like, what are you playing him for, Cora? I know he's Pedroia, but take him out. He's done. He has to retire. Career batting average, 299, 140 home runs, 1,800 hits, 725 RBIs, 138 stolen bases. Finishes with a career OPS of 805. Career war of 
I think Pedroia is going to be an interesting case. Of, oh, stop. Are we really going there? Well, I, I forget where... Pac-12 kid. I forget where Suk found this, but he said this on the show when we talked about this earlier this week, that one site, I can't remember exactly which site, has him at as a 50% chance to make the Hall of Fame. 50%? So huh? he's right on that border of being, oh, maybe. You got to remember the postseason stuff matters. MVP True. matters. Rookie of the year matters. Um, and he was, I mean, he was untouchable for the first, what, like eight years of his career. Four-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove, Rookie of the Year MVP. Finished an MVP voting two other times outside of his MVP year. So uh, he was great. Led he the was league a, in runs twice and hits once, doubles once. He was That was his MVP year. Most of those came in. Yeah. But, I mean, he was a great player. And he was, as a Yankee fan, I hated him. Because he just killed every team he played. He's like Jose Altuve. No matter who you're playing against, he's going to hit them. Uh, it just doesn't matter. I also compare them because they're small. Uh, most people would not say that Dustin Pedroia is the lovable baseball elf. No, no, no. But I'm saying in terms of being... Most a, people do not like Dustin Pedroia. In terms of being a, I know Red Sox fans that don't like Dustin Pedroia. In terms of being a... Jerk. Good player. They are similar in that sense. <laughs> yes, I hear what you mean. But mostly because you're just heightest. You're a heightest, Mike. Mm. You only compare them because they're short. Yep. Yep. And the short people don't really like it. I like uh, Jose Altuve. Don't like Pedroia. The similarity scores for him, similar batters. Do you want to do just do similar or similar batters through the age of 34, which is what he is now? I would like similar batters. Uh, Jose Vidro. Okay. Edgardo Alfonso. Ooh, I liked him. Joe Maurer. Carlos Bayerga. Oh, go tribe. Travis Jackson. Jeff Cirillo. Jeff Cirillo. On and on. Brian Roberts, too. Remember him? Joe yeah, remembers yeah. him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so a little bit of better better hitters in his similar batters through 34. Yeah, yeah, and how many of those dudes are on the Hall of Fame? Joe Maurer, Julio Franco, Placido Polanco, Michael Young, Barry Larkin. Um, one. There's one. And then Travis Jackson and Lou, Lou Boudreau are also in, and they're in his comparison list. So it's he's likely not a Hall of Famer, but I think his postseason success and the MVP will help keep him close enough to be near on the ballot. And he's going to go down as one of the all-time Red Sox legends. Absolutely. And, and they'll love him in Boston, and he'll never buy, he, he'll he never buy the, a beer in Boston. He is the epitome of a, well, maybe not anymore. He was the epitome of the 2000s Boston Red Sox. Yep. They were gritty. They were all bearded. Yep. They were mean. He was not on the 04 team, but definitely was one of the springboards of the 07 and definitely the 13 team. Yep. Um, well, 07 was, was his uh, rookie, year. rookie year, right? Yep. But he was uh, just that kid. Yeah. He was that young kid that was like, yo, I'm rookie of the year and I'm playing second base for the Boston Red Sox. Hit 317 that year. Boston. Um. I, so I mean, he is he is the epitome of that era of Red Sox players. It's like him and Kevin Euclid to me yeah. are the epitome of that that type of player. You could put Kevin Millar in there. You could put Johnny Gomes in there. There's certain players they had that you were just like, that's a Boston Red Sox. I mean, I'd say Damon before he went to the Evil Empire. Ah, probably true. Although I felt like Damon was a little bit more of a Derek Lowe of a pretty boy compared to like the Kevin Millars of the world. John Lester. Yeah, I liked Lester when he was in Boston. Pedro. Pedro. Yeah. Ooh, Pedro. Ooh, <laughs> sexy. Woo! 
even shilling to an extent. Oh, All right, when we come back in the top of the second in the second hour, we catch got, up on the sock. <laughs> in the second hour, we got fair or foul at the bottom of the hour. But when we come back, there's a really cool article that Mike brought to light for me about uh, Rocco Abaldelli in his first season as a major league manager. We'll do that next. This is the hot corner on 1080 The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.